It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. I hope you had a great weekend. Welcome in. Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears in studio. It is Monday, March 27th. All right, it's about 55 degrees out there. Going to get to 60. If you look at the radar here. Oh, wait a minute. I'm not on TV. We're going to 70 degrees next month. It is late March, right? My allergies have kicked into high gear here. They have kicked in. But I will strive to get through it until the 95 degree, degree heat gets here. I'm not looking forward to it, but I'm not looking away from it either. Welcome into the show. Eminem Cartage Hotline is open, 502-384-1450. If you'd like to join in the conversation, 384-1450. Thorne's text line open as well, 502-414-1450. Looking for an icy cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction. Right now, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller, only 89 cents at Thornton's. That's right. You heard me. 89 cents. Come in today, grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. I don't know why you get a smaller one. I'm, I'll say this every time. If a, if a large drink is 89 cents and a small is 89 cents, I think it's a simple decision. I don't know. Somebody's still got to explain to me why we even have the smaller cups if they're the same size. And hit me up on the Thorns text line, 502-414-1450. Final four is set. We got a number four seed. We got a number five seed. We got another number five seed. And we got a number nine seed. Everybody had that, right? How's your bracket? One in every 600,000 on the ESPN Bracket Challenge had the correct final four. There were no perfect brackets after round two. It's just not going to happen. Not in this day and age. Six-pack was five and one. The final unsponsored six-pack of the season, five and one. Kansas State was the only loser. Hit every game on Friday, all four, one out of two on Saturday. So if you're going to go out, that's the way to go out. The next unsponsored six-pack will show back up uh, maybe during the NBA playoffs, but probably, in all likelihood, late August for college football. Uh, I don't have the numbers. I, I try to write them down and keep track of them, but I just I, I quit, you know. when you're. I, I think I had college football in the middle of the year. I was right around the 500 mark, and I just stopped keeping track. You can go back if you'd like to. If you got nothing to do for the next six days, go back and go to the podcast. And uh, every Friday, find the six pack and see how I did. And if you want to post the numbers, I'm fine with that. It's not going to be great. I had a couple of zero and six weeks, but had some five and ones. I don't think I had a six and zero all football or basketball season. But the final six pack finishes five and one. Well done, me. Oh, I just hurt my shoulder patting myself on the back. I'm okay. Why is the NCAA tournament the best? I mean, we saw it. Four, five, five, nine. That's why it's the best. Because it's crazy. Because you have no idea what's going to happen. That's why I was five and one. Because I had no idea what was going to happen. I might as well flip a coin. 
San Diego State over number one overall seed Alabama. I was there in person. I still can't believe it happened. Aztecs are in the Final Four. You've got a Mountain West team. You've got a Conference USA team. Hello, Western Kentucky. You've got an ACC team, and you've got uh, a Big East team. I said all year I thought the Big East was the best conference in college basketball. Doesn't get talked about as much as the ACC or the SEC or the Big Ten or even the Big 12, which was great. But I thought the Big East was the best conference all year long. And if Creighton doesn't get a foul call at the end, they they have a legitimate shot to win that game yesterday, and the Big East would have two teams in the Final Four. And Marquette's not one of them, and they won the Big East. UConn's really good. I said this Friday. UConn at 5-1 to one on Friday was a good bet to win the national championship. UConn at 5-1 to one was a good bet. I didn't know Alabama was going to lose. I didn't know Houston was going to lose. But now they have, and now UConn is your favorite in the clubhouse heading into Saturday's semifinals. You're not going to get 5-1 to one anymore. I hope you took advantage of it on Friday. They look like the real deal. They've crushed everybody, including Gonzaga. And I said this Friday, that's a bad matchup for Gonzaga. Drew Timmy doesn't play defense, and Connecticut has two stud big men. Not a good recipe for success for the Zags. I said they had to score 90. They scored 54. 90 might not have done it. Connecticut quit trying to score there with about five minutes to go. They mailed it in for the last five minutes. They could have won that game by 45 points. It was a bad matchup for Gonzaga. But this is why it's the best tournament and the best championship in all sports. And I include the NFL. I include the college football playoff. I include the NBA playoffs, which I think are great. FedEx Cup in golf, all of that, World Series, baseball, all it doesn't matter. The NCAA tournament is the best because it is random. It is one and done. One and done. NBA, you got seven-game series. Same in baseball, you got series. The best team usually wins. Not always, usually wins. In NCAA college basketball, the best team rarely wins. Who's the best team in college hoops this year? Houston? Alabama? UCLA? Arizona? Yikes. They're not standing anymore. Texas? Texas pooped the bed yesterday. They did. They were the better team by far for 32 minutes of basketball. Jordan Miller of Miami was unbelievable. 20 shots taken, 20 shots made. Seven field goals, 13 free throws. 27 points. That, that doesn't happen very often. Miami was the best team in the last eight minutes. Texas was the best team for the first 32 minutes. However, the last eight minutes are all that mattered. Why is Miami good? Why is are the Miami Hurricanes, who won the regular season ACC title, 
Why are they good? They're Miami. That's a football school, right? It's a baseball school, right? They're good because of NIL. Nigel Pack makes $800,000 over a two-year period to play at Miami. Isaiah Wong makes money. Six figures to play at Miami. Miami has a billionaire booster who is going to pay these guys to come play at Miami. That is what college basketball is now. Transfer portal, where can I go to play? Where can I go to make money? And one of those places is Coral Gables, Florida. You can go to Miami. They're in the Final Four. San Diego State, team of transfers. Florida Atlantic, team of transfers. Florida Atlantic's won 35 games, 36 games this season. Or 35, whatever it is. They're not a fluke. None of these teams are flukes. Are they the nine seed? Yes. Did they barely get by Memphis in the first round? Yes. They are still not a fluke. Nobody's a fluke. But it goes to show you that anybody can win four games in a row. Anybody. Florida uh, FDU, not FAU or FIU, FDU, get your initials right, Fairleigh Dickinson beat Purdue. Anybody can beat anybody in the NCAA tournament. And that's why it's the greatest. That's why I want to watch it every single time, every single game that I can watch. Did you see anything that shocked you? It shouldn't. The transfer portal is here to stay. NIL is here to stay, which means when NIL came out, when the name, image, and likeness was first introduced, the common theory was these guys are all going to go to Kentucky and Kansas and Duke, Carolina, UCLA. The, the rich are going to get richer. That's not what's happened. That's not what has happened because there are NIL, NIL deals everywhere. Everywhere. Jim Beheim bemoaned it because Syracuse's boosters won't pay as much. That's probably part of the reason he decided to step away from the orange. He couldn't get his boosters to give as much money. He, he said so in a press conference. He was frustrated by NIL. It has not made the rich richer. It has leveled the playing field. Charles Barkley, who had a great interview on 60 Minutes last night. If you, got, if you watched it, he, he's the best. He said five years from now, college basketball will be a mess. It'll be over. It'll be the haves and the have-nots. And I think he's wrong because look what we have right now. Conference USA, Mountain West in the Final Four. No Big Ten. No Big 12, no uh, SEC, no Pac-12, the Mountain West, the Conference USA, the ACC, and the Big East. It has leveled the playing field, which is a good thing. 
it's not a good thing if you're a Kentucky fan or a Kansas fan or a, or a um, Duke fan. It's not. Now you're like, oh, man, he's going to go there because he's going to get more playing time and get an NIL deal. One and dones, I'm not saying they're over because they're still going to be there. When the NBA and the, the next collective bargaining agreement, whenever that is, I think it's next year, this is going to happen. The NBA is going to get rid of, they're, they're going to change the age limit. And kids are going to be able to go straight from high school to the NBA once again. Like LeBron did, like uh, Kevin, uh, well, Kevin Durant did play in, in Texas for one year. Like LeBron did, like Kevin Garnett did, like, like the greatest players can do. But you're still going to have one and dones because the 10th best player in a class is going to be able to make money in the NIL at a college for a year, maybe even two, before he jumps to the NBA. But the LeBrons, the Kevin Durants, the Anthony Davises are not going to go to college. The Zion Williamsons, they're not going to go. And that's going to hurt the game as far as the talent pool a little bit. But the 10th best player is still going to go to college, and he's still going to be one and done. But he's going to be able to make money. He's not going to go pro and be the 20th overall pick. He's going to go play in college for a year, try to become a top five pick. And while doing so, he's going to earn six figures, sometimes seven figures. But you can do that a lot of different places now. You don't have to go to a blue blood. You don't. And I think that's a good thing because what we've seen is a level playing field. No number one seed advanced to the Elite Eight this year. It's never happened. Never happened since this tournament went to 64 teams. No number one seeds in the Elite Eight. Purdue, we know what happened to them. See ya. Kansas, first weekend. See ya. Houston and Alabama on the same day, Friday. See ya. It just doesn't happen. Now, I heard Jay Billis today say this is an anomaly. This is not the norm. I disagree. This is the new normal. Seeds don't matter. Flip a coin when you're picking your bracket because the seeds do not matter. When Virginia got beat by Maryland, Baltimore County back in 20, I'm going to say 17, the year before Virginia won it all. We said it's never happened. It'll never happen again. Well, here we are. It happened again. Barely Dickinson over Purdue. And guess what? It's going to happen again. It's going to happen again. It might be 10 years from now. It's going to happen again. And you're not seeing freshman-dominated teams anymore. These are experienced players. These are grown men. These are not 17, 18-year-old freshmen coming in and dominating right away like Kentucky did in 2012, like Duke did a few times. It's not the way it is anymore. Is it great to have those unbelievable freshmen coming in? Yes, it is. But coaches now want experience. They want guys that have been through the wars. Bring in a COVID sixth-year, seventh-year senior who is a grown man playing against boys. 
I, I was courtside at the Yum Center yesterday. San Diego State's got some men. They've got grown men playing basketball. You can have as many talented 17-year-old freshmen as you want. When the grown man gets a hold of them, they're not as good. They're just not. You want veterans, you want leadership, and you want guys who have been through it before. San Diego State has that. Florida Atlantic has that. Miami has that. UConn has that. They're in the Final Four. All right, let's take a break. I'll tell you my experience from the weekend after the break. Louisville was a great host city. I was shocked at the attendance at the Yumson. We'll talk about that. And the Louisville women's team goes down. Season's over. It's baseball season. You're listening to Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Uh, before I forget, the uh, high school baseball starting over here in Indiana. Tomorrow we will have a game on the air tomorrow night. Tuesday night. Manual. DuPont Manual from Louisville against the Jeffersonville Red Devils. Approximate start time is 7.30. It's the second game of a doubleheader. Which means if the first game goes... An hour and a half, the game could start at 7. If the first game goes three hours, the game could start at 8.30. So play it up by ear tomorrow night. But uh, Manuel and Jeff, 7.30-ish. Myself, Buzz Frank of the Old Goats Manual Radio Network will join me uh, as we bring you high school, Southern Indiana high school baseball, Manuel and the Jeff Red Devils. Bats open Friday. Major League ba- Bats will be on the Big X again this year, by the way. Major League Baseball starts on Thursday. Going to get uh, have Tony Burke in here Wednesday. I think Ed Peak will join me on Thursday. We'll pick all of our division winners, pennant winners, and World Series winners as we always get it wrong. So as I say many times on this program, bet responsibly and bet against me because I'm rarely, rarely right. Uh, NFL news, Lamar Jackson has uh, broken his silence. He made a statement. We'll talk about that. NFL owners meeting kickoff today. Speaking of kickoff, will there be kickoffs? Are they going to do away with kickoffs? I'll talk about that. College baseball, the Cards uh, lost two out of three at Notre Dame over the weekend. Kentucky won two of three at Alabama. Louisville drops to number 11 in the D1 baseball poll. Kentucky is up to 18th. Kentucky, I think, had a 17-game winning streak heading into that series. Alabama won the first two games and lost the finale yesterday afternoon. All right, I was in the Yum Center all weekend, and I was wrong because Friday I said tickets were going to be easy to come by. If you wanted a ticket to go watch some Good college basketball, San Diego State against Alabama uh, in the uh, opener on Friday night, and then Creighton against Princeton in the nightcap. Go to, just go downtown. There'll probably be people selling tickets for twenty bucks. That was not the case, and I'm sorry if you did that on my advice. That place was packed on 
Friday night. Louisville did an unbelievable job, the city and the university, of hosting the South Regional at the Yum Center. It was incredible. It was a full house Friday. And I'm not just talking about lower level where they had the curtains pulled on the, on the upper level. The upper level was full as well. It is a great statement to this city that your, your university wins four games this year and you still show up for college basketball. College basketball in Louisville and down in the uh, tobacco belt of Carolina, that's it. Yeah, Lawrence, Kansas, okay. Bloomington, all right. I'll give you a little bit. Fans don't show up at most places for college basketball if their team's not playing. Alabama brought a big contention, big contention. They're out. So yesterday, the lower bowl was full and about half of the upper deck was full as well. Maybe more than that. Wasn't a complete sellout yesterday, but it was close. The fans in this area love college basketball. Love college basketball. Downtown was vibrant. Friday was terrible weather. I'm driving to the arena. I'm there, you know, an hour and a half for the tip-off. People were everywhere. It's pouring down rain. People were everywhere on the streets of uh, downtown Louisville, on Main Street, on Jefferson, on Market, 2nd, 3rd, 1st Street. People were everywhere. Had their umbrellas, had their ponchos on. They were enjoying the South Regional. And I give the staff at, at uh, L and the city of Louisville and the fans of Louisville kudos big time for showing up. Uh, if it wasn't because if it wasn't due to the fact that all Final Fours are now in domes, I would say this weekend Louisville would have earned an opportunity to host a Final Four. And maybe they'll get to host one for uh, the women's Final Four eventually. But they earned a lot yesterday. They got a lot of kudos from NCAA officials that I saw walking around yesterday, and and deservedly so. It was fantastic. Creighton over Sa- San Diego State, or I'm sorry, San Diego State over Creighton in the uh, controversial ending yesterday. First things first, it was the right call. Uh, a foul with 1.2 seconds left on a floating jumper. The uh, Nemhard from Creighton fouled Trammell from behind. It was not a lot of contact, but it threw the shot off. You got to call it. And I say this all the time. It's a, if it's a foul in the first five minutes, it's a foul in the last 10 seconds. It was a foul. Now, Greg McDermott, Creighton's coach, was not happy. I understand that because you just saw your chance to go to the Final Four probably um, gone. Trammell missed the first free throw. Game's still tied. He made the second. The uh, prayer inbounds pass went out of bounds, uh, hit a hand and went out of bounds. No time left on the clock. Referees looked at it. They were right again, said, no, 1.2, and that took 1.2. The ball actually hit out of bounds with a tenth of a second left, but they explained it later. They went back and looked at the replay, 
and the clock didn't start right when the ball was touched. So you have to factor that in. So no time left. San Diego State wins 57-56. Slugfest early. Both teams just beating the snot out of each other. I was shocked because with 12 minutes to go in the game, Creighton had committed three fouls the entire game. They let them play. They let them play. And San Diego State, I saw it on Friday against Alabama, and I saw it on on Sunday. They get after you defensively. It's an interesting bracket matchup in the Final Four because San Diego State gets Florida Atlantic. One of those two teams is going to be in the national championship game next Monday night. San Diego State and Florida Atlantic. Who had that? UConn and Miami will play on the other side of the bracket. They'll be the second game on Saturday evening. Winner of that one will go to the championship game. But San Diego State, Creighton, a lot of controversy at the end. I think in the long run, the referees got it right. But uh, don't try to tell Blue Jay fans that right now. This is a fun game. Fun game. Uh, Some of the things that I've witnessed this weekend. I am grumpy old man coming out here, okay? I am glad the Marquise Noel hype is over. I'm glad Kansas State lost. Even though I picked them in the six-pack, and it had they covered, they that would have made me 6-0. and oh, I'm glad they lost. I, I didn't want another week of Marquise Noel. Oh, he's five foot six. We know. Oh, he's from Harlem. We know. He's playing in Madison Square Garden, and he's he grew up down the street. We know. Let's mic up his brother in the stands. No, let's don't. I don't care what his brother's saying. So his brother's up there talking about how great he is and pulling for his brother? Yeah, that's what he's supposed to do. That's what all brothers do. Anybody who was playing in that arena whose brother was in the stands, that brother was saying the same thing every time he made a shot. Man, he's great. Look at him. They can't stop him. They can't stop him. We are probably never going to hear about Marquise Noel again. You know the next time we're going to hear about Marquise Noel is when somebody has 20 assists in an NCAA tournament game and breaks his record of 19 that he had in the second round. That's the next time we're going to hear about him. I don't think he's going to play at the next level. Maybe he'll play in the G League. Probably be back at Kansas State next year. I was uh, I was done with the what I will call overhype of Marquise Noel. Did he have a great tournament? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. A lot of guys had great tournaments. Are we going to have Jordan Miller's brother mic'd up in the next game, in the Final Four game, in the stands? Because he was twenty for he was. 20 out of 20 yesterday. Seven field goals, 13 free throws. Didn't miss a shot. Is he the greatest player ever? No, neither is Marquise Noel. All right. Brandon Miller, not a good tournament. Now, Brandon Miller is going to be the third or fourth choice in the NBA draft coming up. He's one and done at Alabama. His tournament was awful. Three games, eight for 31 from the field, including... Three for 19 against San Diego State. One for 10 from three-point land. And you have to wonder, 
if the distraction got to Brandon Miller and if the distraction got to the rest of that Alabama team and coaching staff because there was the distraction. Thursday at the press conference, Nate Oates, the head coach, had to deal with the questions. Is there a distraction? How has your team handled the perception, whether it's fact or not, the perception that Brandon Miller was somehow involved in that murder, that he was in the wrong place at the wrong time, as Nate Oates said, mistakenly said. How did that how did that affect your team? Oh, it doesn't affect us. We are we are playing basketball. We're looking forward to this game. They laid an egg on Friday. They didn't play well. They didn't shoot well. They didn't defend well. And they went up against a team that gets after it defensively. San Diego State. That's a good basketball team. You got to be ready to play every game in this tournament. It was 27 to 22 or 23 at halftime. Ugly game. The best team won. The best team won. And Brandon Miller will go down with the worst field goal percentage in the history of the tournament with 30 or more attempts. He was 8 for 31. But he's still going to be the third or fourth pick in the draft. He's still, I believe, going to be a tremendous NBA player. He's got all the skills. He was dealing with a groin injury. Not to, They wouldn't, didn't want to use an excuse, so I'm not going to do it either. But I have to believe all the things that have gone on in the last month and a half in that program, including the murder that sent Darius Miles off the team and into prison, and Brandon Miller was peripherally at least involved in this thing, I have to think it caught up with them emotionally. They they did not play well. And that crowd Friday night was pro-Alabama. But here's what happens. Here's what happens. Alabama probably had half of the fans in that arena, at least. The other half was split up between Creighton, Princeton, San Diego State. So the the Creighton and Princeton fans, some of them were there at the beginning of the Alabama game. Some of them rolled in about halftime. But the later that game got, all of a sudden, the Creighton fans and the Princeton fans were San Diego State fans. And the crowd leveled off. And the cheering and the roars were louder for the Aztecs, not the Crimson Tide. That's what happens. When you don't have a dog in the fight, you pull for the underdog. And that's what happened. The crowd, all three of the other schools, got behind San Diego State. And it was the Alabama crowd against everybody else's crowd. It was great. UConn is now the favorite. UConn was... They were overly impressive. And I've said this before. I'm not a Danny Hurley fan. But Danny Hurley said something early in the year that was correct. He said, that, remember, UConn was number one in November at, at some point in late November. They were number one in the country. They dominated teams. 
in the pre-conference season. But when they got in the Big East, it was a different battle, and they didn't handle it well early. They fixed that. They got better. But they were sort of an afterthought. Yeah, they're a four seed. Let's make them a four seed. They lost in the uh, Big East tournament. They didn't win the regular season. But we And we forget. We move on to the next big thing. The next big thing was Houston. The next big thing was Alabama. The next big thing was UCLA. Oh, look at Kansas. They're good all of a sudden again. They're healthy. And we forget about who was number one in late November, and we forget about it fairly quickly. And Danny Hurley said, we're still really good. We just ran into a conference that I believe is the best conference in the country, and we beat each other up, and now we're going to go to the NCAA tournament, and at least the first three rounds, we're not going to see any of these Big East teams. Marquette gets upset. Creighton loses yesterday. And all of a sudden, you're the only Big East team left. And they're really good, really talented. Sonogo's a stud. They got shooters. They got big men. They defend. They get out on the break. Gonzaga found that out the hard way. And they are putting up numbers and stopping other teams. Gonzaga, 54 points, lowest point total of the year. Couldn't throw it in the ocean. They looked shell-shocked. They were shell-shocked. So now we're set. Who you got? I think UConn's favorite and should be. But don't count out San Diego State. Because they play flawless defense. I had an up-close-and-personal look yesterday. They do not get beat off the dribble. And Connecticut likes to beat you off the dribble. Now, I'm not saying UConn and San Diego State are in the championship game yet. They're not, but I expect them to be. But as I said earlier, don't expect anything in the NCAA tournament. Take a break. Talk about the Louisville women's team and their loss to Iowa yesterday. NFL meetings going on. Will there be kickoffs next year? And Lamar Jackson finally speaks. Here's on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big Ass. Back Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in the studio. Final segment of this Monday. Eminem Cartage Hotline open 384-1450. 384-1450. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, Thorne's text line is open as well. 502-414-1450. Get your last minute text into the Thornton's text line at that number, 414-1450. I said Lil's great city to host. Mike DeCourcy from uh, Sporting News with a tweet saying, give Louisville a lot of credit. You had a, a uh, four-team regional with no blue bloods, no uh, local interest at all, and the fans showed up and showed out, and they did. And now the PGA Championship tickets for 2024 have gone on sale. This is another thing that this community will get behind and pay the prices and show up in, in droves at Valhalla next year. It's just the way we are. Going to be a expected huge. I was shocked Friday when I got to the Yum Center. I was shocked about the people milling around downtown in the rain. And then when I walked in and saw the lines to get in, 
to go through the metal detectors. When I got to my seat and saw that the upper level was filling in quickly, the lower level was wall-to-wall people. It was, you know, it just brings you brings you pride in your city. It brings out, uh, brought out the best in people. And I hope they can fill it up for the cards next year. Kenny, got to get in that portal. Get some players here. All right, Louisville women last night lose to Iowa 97-83. to I think Iowa beats anybody last night. Caitlin Clark, if you haven't watched Caitlin Clark, I hope you watched her last night. Now, if you're a Cardinal fan, you didn't like her last night, but that's okay. She is the best shooter in college basketball, men or women. Unbelievable performance last night, 41 points, 10 rebounds, 12 assists. She scored or assisted on 70 of Iowa's 97 points against a Louisville defense that has been good. They had no answer for Caitlin Clark. They tried different defenders on her, and she just backs up and shoots. Her her 25 feet and out, she's shooting over 50% on the season. Unbelievable shooter. She's Steph Curry of women's college basketball. Remember when Steph Curry showed up in the NBA and and the talking heads said he's going to ruin the game because everybody is going to want to shoot three-pointers from 28 feet. Everybody's going to try to emulate their game after Steph Curry. Well, guess what little girls are going to do now? Guess what high school ladies basketball players are going to do? They're going to try to be Caitlin Clark. Great season for Louisville. They beat Texas in Austin. One, one over Ole Miss in the uh, Sweet 16 game. This is not Jeff Wall's best team. It's not. But they overachieved a little bit. They overachieved. and They got to the Elite Eight against a two-seed Iowa that was a really good team and is now in the Final Four along with LSU. Two more games tonight uh, to finish out the women's Final Four, Maryland and South Carolina. South Carolina's unbeaten. They're the best team in the country. I think if they had played Iowa last night, they would have been in trouble. But I don't think South Carolina's going to lose. They are by far, without question, the best team in women's college basketball. Ohio State will take on Virginia Tech. The Hokies are a one seed as well, along with South Carolina. Both those teams favored tonight. You can watch both those games tonight on ESPN. I give Jeff Walls a lot of credit. He did uh, magical things with this team. This team, middle of the season, you kind of didn't know what it was going to be. Good defense, can't score. Uh, Mikasa Robinson, when he inserted her into the starting lineup, it changed everything. She was great. She's not a good shooter. She's not considered a scorer, but she is a tremendous basketball player. And she made everybody else better, including Haley Van Lith, including Olivia Cochran. She made them better. They were good anyway. She made them better. And um, this team overachieved. To get to the Elite Eight, that's a, that's a nice, little, nice little trophy on your mantle there. 
All right, D1 Baseball quickly has uh, the Cards number 11 in the country. They're down five spots. They went to Notre Dame this weekend and lost two out of three. They are now, um, I think, four and two in conference play. Is that correct? No, maybe they're three and three. They went to two and one against Georgia Tech. Uh, won the final game yesterday. They had a doubleheader because of rain Saturday or snow, whatever they had in South Bend. Uh, Louisville won the final game two to one yesterday over Notre Dame. Uh, the Cats are into the poll at number eighteen now. They are uh, five and one in SEC play. They swept Mississippi State last weekend, and they took two out of three down in Tuscaloosa this weekend. Lost the finale of the series yesterday, but. This is something to watch here. Kentucky baseball, Louisville baseball, pretty pretty uh, highly regarded at this point. And the Cats had a rough year last year, man. Rough year. But uh, Mingione has said, look, we're going to be better. We, we They got in the portal. They got some guys. And clearly, this is a much better Kentucky baseball team than they were last year. It's baseball season. All right? College basketball with Louisville women losing last night. As far as I'm concerned, and as far as we're concerned in this area, it's over. It's baseball season. MLB starts Thursday, 15 games on the first day. Everybody's playing on opening day. That doesn't happen very often. And then uh, Louisville Bats baseball starts on Friday. So I'm excited. Got a high school game right here on the Big X tomorrow night, Manuel and uh, Jeffersonville. I'll be calling that one. With my man Buzz Frank, so very excited for that. It is baseball season. I love me some baseball. But in here in the middle of baseball season, or at the beginning of baseball season, I have to talk football. NFL owners meetings began today. They want to do away with the kickoff. Well, the kickoff can be one of the most exciting plays in the game if the kick stays in play and is able to be returned by the kickoff returner. That's no longer the case. Ten years ago, 16% of kickoffs were touchbacks. Last year, and for the last five years, 62% of kickoffs are not returned. So why don't we just put the teams at the 25-yard line to start the game? You, you win the coin toss. You get the ball at the 25-yard line, or you can defer and let and go on defense and let the other team have the ball at their own 25-yard line. The kickoff is no longer an integral part of the game. We had a couple of kick returns for touchdowns last year. They're always exciting, but they're so few and far between that, uh, you know, it just it doesn't it just doesn't matter anymore. I mean, you're excited for the game. Here we go. Let's kick this thing off. The ball is in the air. All right. Okay. Now we're just going to see the lineups because they're going to start at the 20-yard line. Okay. <sighs> so they're going to go do away with the kickoffs. Here's the other rule that's not going to change, according to most that are uh, on site today. The alleged tush push. The Eagles made this popular. You bring in a couple of extra linemen. You put it behind the quarterback on third down and one or fourth down and one. And they just get, he takes a snap and they just push. They push him to the first down. This was not legal 
a few years ago. You can't pull a guy through, but you can now push him through. So you get a couple of 300-pound guys behind him. They just push him through. It's a mosh pit. I don't like it, uh, but the Eagles made a, made a, they did it to a masterful level. They, it, they were unstoppable on third and one. Third and two. Fourth and one. Unstoppable. Uh, so, you know, why not do it if nobody can stop it? Now, teams are going to work on stopping it. If it's not deemed illegal, teams are going to figure out a way to stop it. I don't know what that way is because as soon as you figure out how to stop it, okay, we're going to bring in bigger guys too. We're going to put 11 guys up there. Then Jalen Hurts or whoever the quarterback is is just going to throw over the top for an easy touchdown. It's all reactionary. What are they going to do? How do we stop it? What are they going to try to stop? How do we beat that? And I I understand. I don't like the tush push. I don't. But I don't think you should take it out of the rules. I don't think you should make a rule against it. The Eagles figured out a way to gain two yards no matter what. Now it's up to the defenses to figure out how to stop them. And if they can't, that's too bad. So that's where we're at. All right, Lamar Jackson spoke out today finally on social media, said that on March 2nd, he requested a trade from the Baltimore Ravens. He thanked the fans. I love these guys. They thank the fans. I'll always be indebted to you. I'll always be part of the Ravens flock. Uh, I just don't want to play for you anymore. Not at that money. Not at what they're offering. If he does not get traded or sign with another team, Lamar Jackson is set to make $32.4 million this season on the franchise tag. But he is the kind of guy that I believe would maybe say, I'm not going to play. I'm going to sit out. Until I'm a free agent and I can sign wherever I want, I'm going to sit out. Here's the bad part. Nobody, no offers are coming in. He is eligible to negotiate an offer with another team. If he gets an offer, then Baltimore can match it. That's what this non-restrictive franchise tag is all about. But nobody's offering. Nobody's at the table. Nobody's knocking on the door. Where is Lamar Jackson going to be next season? That's the question. Points Bet USA has the odds for Lamar Jackson's next team. Colts are plus 225. They're the favorites. Then the Patriots at plus 450. The Falcons are 6-1. to one. The Lions are 6.5-1. to one. I'd love if he went to Indianapolis. It'd be great. But the last two years, he's got 33 touchdowns, 20 interceptions, and 11 missed games. There's a reason these teams are not lining up to give Lamar Jackson guaranteed money. And he's finding out the hard way. Will he play? That remains to be seen. Thanks for listening. Talk at you tomorrow. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big Axe.